and you already know what it is, and you already know where you have reached. This is Clash of the Podcast. I'm Sean Hubbard representing the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly. He is Conrad Cushman representing everything pro wrestling, and we are your co-hosts of Clash of the Podcast in the building with another big-time episode. Good to be with you guys on a serious note, man. Happy to have you guys with us as we talk about some amazing things that happened over the wrestling weekend and beyond. Uh, first and foremost, Conrad, how you feeling, brother? We're hanging, man. We're hanging in there, uh, getting ready for the, another live episode. Episode six, man. We are climbing slowly but surely up these charts, man. Ace, what up, man? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Appreciate you, man. Yo, I've got to tell you guys, man, first and foremost, it's been a pleasure working with my brother Conrad, man. It's been so cool to kind of combine our efforts, man. And, and there's so much stuff to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. And we're going to hit you guys right in the head with what's really obvious and what's really focused right now on in the world of professional wrestling. And that's this big time return. I don't know. Somebody came back. Who came back, Conrad? What are we talking about, though? Man, we, we have a lot to get into when it comes to that. And you know what? I forgot last week, and I'm going to make sure we don't forget this week. You're going to have to wait to figure out who that is because we got to hit this intro video because I worked too hard to make it for y'all not to like this or love that's this. We're going to hit it. See, I'm even jamming to it because I like that song oh, so man. much. Yeah, that's that CNN meets TBS meets WZW old school flavor, man. I like it. I like it. Um, awesome work by um Conrad on that. So good to be with you guys today. Big shout out to everybody in the chat. Ace, BMJ Live, what up? McKinney, what up? Joel Arkin, what up? Appreciate you, bro. Like, we're so happy to be with you guys. We're fired up because um, Extreme Rules took place this past Saturday night and the fact of the matter is we got something real big going on. And for me, for me, it's been a long time coming. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, we've been waiting for this since WrestleMania 37. Uh, you know, this guy left the scene, lost to Randy Orton in somewhat surprising fashion. For those of you who could think back to that match, nobody really saw that victory coming for Mr. RKO. Big shout out to Randy Orton. But um, that's the way it went down. And we never saw this person again until this past Saturday night. Extreme Rules, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Conrad, I mean, Bray Wyatt is back. How you feeling? It was different, man. It, they they definitely, they, they delivered, man. He sold out the show for them. Um, I didn't know what to expect once they finally did it. I still don't know what to expect after they did it, if that makes any sense. Right. Like, he came out, and I, I'm this. I'm really interested to talk to you about this because people kind of got to hear the beginning of my thoughts. So Stre Extreme Rules ends. You get Bray Wyatt. He's in this weird mask, and the mask is giving me, like, I saw some people, I think Sick was the one who had brought it up, these, like, real weird V for Vendetta vibes that mm -hmm. he got from it. Um, I, I felt like it was black phone, but maybe that's some recency biased a little bit because I just happened to see that movie. But what do, what do you think of the mask, the whole tie in? Um, 
I don't know, chat, fill us in what you guys think. Now, we've had a couple days to even stew on this. Like, what are you thinking with the whole? I, I'm not going to lie. It gave me Undertaker 95 vibes. You remember that mask? It, oh, the Phantom, the Phantom Undertaker. Yeah, that, gave, that gave me, I mean, if you think about it, it's very, very similar to that. I mean, I'm not really big. Forgive me. I'm not really big on, on the movies we were just talking about. That's not really my thing, but. Um, it definitely, you know, gave off that kind of energy for me. Definitely like a return of the, you know, whatever. Like just, just the the big return. And I love what. Um, oh my goodness, embracing the old with the new BMJ Live. I respect that and I agree. For me, it was one of those things where it was like Bray Wyatt is going to come out without the extra face paint, without the extra, without the extra mask. But he wore the mask and took off the mask. I like it. I, I I don't think he needs a mask while he wrestles. So I hope that's an indication that he will be wrestling without the mask. But either way, what a magnificent return! I gotta give I give WWE so much, so much heck, so much hell about how they do things. And I have to be honest with you guys. They 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 delivered this time. They delivered this time. They did not let us down. And. Uh, Maybe, I mean, I saw some people in social media saying he should have got physically involved. Who cares? The bottom line is it was perfectly done, in my opinion. Why Why get physically involved when you can get two moments instead of one? Facts. It's not needed. And sometimes, yeah, you switch it up because you can't have everybody not get involved. There's a time and a place, I think, for it. And uh, McKinney wants the, the credit for, uh, I told you that Ronda versus Liv match was going to be bad. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into Liv Morgan. I got some, some really cool takes on Liv Morgan and Seth Rollins before we go off the air tonight. But, yes, that's a fact. You did call that last week. That's a fact. Uh, BJ says, a new Wyatt embracing all the old but with the new. I like that. And BJ also brought up, uh, I almost thought it looked like JoJo Bizarre Adventure-esque. See, I, I'm not familiar with that show. See, I'm Br- when I see Bray Wyatt, I think of, like, horror films and apparently they hired a new person. Um, I can't remember his name. BJ just put it in the chat. I feel like it's like Joseph Fee or something like that. And he, uh, he he's a long-term writer, I guess, for WWE now. And he helped start put together this storyline. And he once pitched a movie for The Fiend mm. for WWE higher-ups, and they liked it. I don't know why it never came about. Maybe he got released during that time period. But... Um, what do you what do you think, Sean, should be the forward direction for the fiend? I mean, let's let's I know some people don't like it. We're fans, but little armchair quarterback right now. What's the move? What's the next move here for the fiend? Be a face? Is he a heel? He's kind of gotta be a face, right? Like, what do you think? Face. And, and you know something? I think there's no other way to go. And I'm sorry, Rob Fee is the name. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Bianca. I think. There is no other way to go than to immediately put him in a match with Roman Reigns. I know that sounds a little bit kind of, you know, quick, but I think if WWE is really going to turn the corner and WWE is really going to do what they're supposed to be doing, Survivor Series could end up being the, go, going back to being the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. And they have all the ingredients. Let me take you down the line, okay? The Usos, Solo, and Sammy versus any four you can think of. The women's match, you know, also war games. And you can have Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Championship. And Roman Reigns could take his first loss. He doesn't have to lose the title, 
But I think the time is now. Bray Wyatt needs to win that match. And there is a way you can win that match by DQ and still have it be entertaining. Let the bloodline interfere. Let Sammy interview. See, that's another thing. I need to stop separating the bloodline and Sammy. Sammy is bloodline, so let me stop doing that and disrespecting him. Uh, let the bloodline interfere, whatever it takes, but do it in an entertaining way. It has to be Bray versus Roman. Strike while the iron is hot. My dog. I agree. I agree. You got you to gotta bring them together. Those are our guys. Yes. Um, I thought the White Rabbit stuff was done very well. Um, Chet, like I said, give me like your first inkling, your first thought overall of like, what are we doing here? Does this work um, with The Fiend? Now, I might go opposite of you. I don't know if I want to put him in that championship mix yet. Okay. Only, Only because I have a fear of, let's go back to The Fiend. I need your thoughts on The Fiend first before I can get into it, because I'm going to tell you what I've been hearing a lot of people say. They mishandled The Fiend. I was there when he debuted in uh, Toronto. I went to that show, that uh, that SummerSlam show. He went up against Finn Balor. I thought it great perception entrance. I remember when I first saw the lantern with his head around it, I was like, yo, this is genius. It's like right. the old him is gone. This is the new him. And it all worked well where it fell off the rails for me, Sean. Well, I, okay, I'm listening. The WWE title stuff. Vince McMahon, I felt, rushed right into Seth Rollins. And this is what hurt Seth, too. Seth was the conquering babyface, and then he cowered to him. Because the Fiend character had the supernatural powers. Remember, like, he couldn't be hurt, basically. Like, they were doing the head stomps on him, and nah, that ain't working, brother. Had <laughs> Like, he curb stomped him, and that wasn't working. I was like, bro... You're hurting people by using this man against them. If it was a once in a while thing, cool. But it's not. It's it's a constant. The other thing I miss, though, is Bray being able to talk and cut a promo. Similar to, this is why I like Swamp Daddy Bray. Mm-hmm. Um, if you mm-hmm. listen to the audio version of the Extreme Rules review that we've got up in the uh, archives on everything pro wrestling, you will hear, I put my favorite Bray Wyatt promo in there. And it's from FCW when he's talking about being on the shrimp boat and he burned it down. And then he said he had to go away for a while and he had to read books. And it was Clifford the Big Red Dog and C-Spot Run. And I just love the, the inflection and what he was bringing to the table with that. Now with this new character, what are we exactly getting is the key. So that's that's my fear is that we don't want to fiend this to where he's too powerful that nobody should be able to beat him. And then we see Randy Orton with the RKO. I just didn't like how it came off at Mania. It just felt wrong what they ended up doing to him. Your thoughts. This is going to be Undertaker 2004. What do I mean by that? I like to call under, under and this is an endearing term that I've come up with. I like to call Undertaker 2004 five six seven i like to call him middle school undertaker you have old school undertaker you have new school american badass undertaker and then you have middle school undertaker the hybrid of both that is what i think bray wyatt is going to be i think and i would and i think that's the right way to go by the way just for the record i think that's the right way to go you make it a hybrid of the two hmm Okay, I hear you. Uh, let's get to some uh, comments here that are coming in. We've got Damon coming in saying, uh, let him portray all of the characters of the Firefly Funhouse 
I need your thoughts on this too about stable wise. Is it a stable or is it him by himself? Because to me, Sean, and I want you to think about this. I'm going to ask you two questions. Sure. Should it be a stable for Bray Wyatt? And I just want you to think about this when I'm going through these comments. Serious thought from you. Next is, is Cody still the guy to dethrone Roman? Cody is still, what, what, what should we say, two, three months away from possibly coming back? In, in my mind, I'm thinking Royal Rumble, so I, maybe a little three or four months, yeah. Okay. It, do you still wait and rely on Cody for that? Because people are starting to get the Roman Reigns restlessness now. Like, all right, man, how long is this dude going to be champ? What are we going to do for it? So just think about that for a second while I uh, put these into place here. He said, let him portray all the characters in the funhouse unless they uh, give him a stable, which they could. And his first victim should be Cody. That could end up hurting Cody, though, as we just mentioned. I only want Bray versus Roman if it's Wyatt Six versus the Bloodline with the Wyatt Six winning. Just showing they are the new dominance, and after that, Reigns can be uh, Duck Bray while someone else intervenes on Bray. I hear you. Uh, Connor No Soccer has joined us. What is good? Appreciate you uh, stopping in. Sick also in the house. What's good, Sick? Shout out to my brother, Sick. Uh, he said, I don't know if I want to see Bray in the match right away. I need some buildup. I need some questions answered. Who is he recruiting? Who did kill the world, etc.? Things like that that were brought up previously. Demond says, I think he's going to talk like Swamp Bray, but might be more cryptic. Interesting. Uh, I think the new Bray character is going to be in Ominous Fight the System Bray. Okay. Rainy Night Gamer, welcome to the stream. I don't think I've seen you in here unless you've changed your name, but uh, I appreciate you coming in, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, definitely check out myself and Sean Hubbard, a collaborative effort here, if you don't mind. Uh, all the stuff's in the description for both of us. Uh, he said, I think he's going to be more like a demented cult leader. Mm. Interesting. All right, Sean, I'm ready for you now. I think I've given you enough time to ponder on this. Uh, which one would you like to tackle first, Stable or is Cody or Bray the guy? I think we'll, we'll talk about Cody and, or, or Bray being the guy. I think Cody is the guy, but I don't think Cody is the guy to take down Roman Reigns. I think we still have to, and I don't want to take too much time on this, I think we, think we still have to come up with a way to separate the titles. Um, I, I just think it has to happen. And I think Cody Rhodes returning for the Royal Rumble and challenging for the title that Roman no longer has would be best. Um, as far as who's going to take out Roman Reigns specifically, it has to be Bray Wyatt. You have to strike while the iron's hot because, to me, there's two dream matches that are now in place outside of Rock versus Roman, which obviously trumps everything. If Rock doesn't somehow make it back, if Rock somehow has other obligations, if Rock somehow whatever – However, the clouds and sun and stars align where The Rock may not come back for 39. I'm thinking Bray versus Roman. Seth versus Cody. That's the goal. That's the goal. And I think if Bray makes it to WrestleMania and faces Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt will be the one to take Roman Reigns down. That is the objective, in my opinion. That's the way it should play out. But no, when it comes to Cody, I don't think Cody should challenge Roman Reigns and take both. I think they just have to figure out a way to get one of those belts off of Roman Reigns. And then we have two marquee matchups lined up for WrestleMania. Okay. Okay. And now the stable. Is Bray's thing a stable? Is Bray just the figments of each of these characters? Which, I mean, I kind of see that as well. What, what well, do you think of this? That brings me to my next point, which is this. 
We saw a young lady at Extreme Rules challenge for another ladies world championship. And that lady took the title away, and that's Ronda Rousey. And then now you have a former champion, and her name is Liv Morgan. And Liv Morgan was in the back. And Liv Morgan was a little bit distraught, but a little, you know, a little freaky face, like smiling when she should have been smiling and all this stuff. How about we have Liv Morgan as Sister Abigail? That's what I'm thinking. Liv Morgan, Sister Abigail. I am thinking that's the way to go, and I think it would go over like gangbusters. I feel you on this, and I feel like that was the way to go instead of Alexa Bliss. I know Alexa Bliss fans, I've been, I've had hate from them before. Me and Derek have gotten hate from them. But I think that was the better move than what ended up happening. I think Liv Morgan needed that more than Alexa Bliss needed that. Alexa Bliss had already had one or two things that set her up. And um, I'm definitely feeling that. But you bring up Liv Morgan. And we're going to get more into Liv Morgan momentarily. But what about the rest of these people that people are speculating, like a Joe Gacy, a Baron Corbin? Are these guys involved in this in some way, shape, or form? I mean, there's certain things that there's certain things that are layups, Conrad, and and that, and, and I feel like it, it's just right there for WWE to make that move. Uh, Corbin would be a perfect addition to to the Wyatt family. I think bringing back um, Redbeard would be a perfect situation for uh, the Wyatt family. I, th- th- there's so many things that are right there on the table. I mean, you have these masked guys, masked superstars, that can just lay back. And, and, and WWE can take their time to reveal who they are while they make their decision. But to me, within the next month or two, probably even a little bit sooner, and hopefully in time for Survivor Series, right? You right. put yourself in a position where you get the right guys. You can put the mask on them. You can keep them at a large, cam- a long camera angle so you don't necessarily have to reveal who they are. You can make changes, make decisions while they're still masked. But once those masks come off, I'm thinking Redbeard, I'm thinking Corbin, and I'm thinking, uh, excuse me, Liv Morgan. I, I I don't think there's any other way to go, and I think that that's a really good opportunity. And you know what? How about somebody who's struggling? How about uh, what you call it? Uh, T Bar. Or what if we have to, Bo Lee? Oh yeah, bring back my man Bo Dallas. He just got seen doing right. They teased that at one time, and and, and I thought it was going to happen years ago. Bo Dallas being in the Wyatt family makes obvious sense. I mean, they're real-life brothers. It makes all the sense in the world. I don't know if Triple H is going to go that route because maybe it it makes too much sense. You know, they try and and buff the system when something makes too much sense. But Bo Dallas, listen, any combination of those guys, listen, any combination of those guys – what you have right here, okay, it's just like the old school NWO. Now, they did it too much where it got to the point where it got completely watered down. But you have an opportunity right here and now to take any talent and make them stars overnight. Overnight. To elevate or to put on the mat. As somebody who's struggling, who needs a bump, somebody who's already established that can be taken to another level, 
It's right there for you. You have eight, five, seven characters in the Wyatt family that all the roles can be filled. They can take over the company if they if they pick the right people. Yes, and I think this should be Triple H right now from here till Mania. He needs to book Mania, and I think he also needs to set up how he wants his brands established. Who you could really have top guys on Raw, top guys. He could actually do this draft right and make me believe in it again. Because right now, you know me. I'm if I could, I'd have a T-shirt hashtag What Draft. But right. I don't think you would get it. I always say that, and uh, I agree. I think you've brought up some excellent points, and I'm on your side with this. Let's see what some of the other folks said. And Rainy Night Gamer, I want to uh, show you some love. Thank you for uh, coming in here. I'm glad that you just discovered the channel. Uh, appreciate it. And Timothy Williams, thank you also for uh, joining the channel, man. I got to show you some love as well. Thank you for hopping in here. Um, let's see. I'm going to BJ's comment first. Uh, he says he's driving at the moment, won't be able to comment for a second, but he'll give his thoughts uh, afterwards. He usually posts something afterwards as well. BJ, I appreciate you doing some safe driving. I hope everyone else out there does the same. Say that again, Sean. I said you safely. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, six, a controversial opinion. I think they're going to have Roman hold the strap for another year. I think we'll have Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania 40. Mm. I, I don't know if they could do another I don't know year. Push it back another year. <laughs> That's some Hogan territory right there. Yeah. Doing that, he might as well drop the leg, brother. Yeah, to me, to me, it's thirty nine or nothing. Um, let's see. Uh, Rainy Night Gamer said, "Bray said Abigail is the key, but it's not live, in my personal opinion." Okay. I don't okay. Uh, Seth versus Cody three should be a title match. Cody has to be the guy, but with all the ifs about the rock, I do agree that the titles need to be split first. I could see Seth, Cody and Roman having a triple threat as well. If you did want to protect Roman still and get a title off of him, you could do that. Uh, sister Abigail is not in WWE yet from what Bray has hinted. Okay. Uh, Liv was the obvious choice, but Alexa was the bigger star. Good point, Damon. Good point to what I had said earlier. Uh, and he said, Bo Dallas is reported to be returning. Uh, wrestling Hub, I guess, is the, the reference for it, unless he's talking about you, who is the best wrestling hub, Sean Hubbard, baby. Make sure you guys go to HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. Link in the description. Show him some love. Show him some love. Uh, WWE has a gold mine with Bray Wyatt. He's one of my favorites of all time. I've been saying this for a long time. They've got a mega star in Bray, and I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. One of my favorite things to do when I'm playing a wrestling video game, probably WWE 2K. I mean, there's not anything else so you're right on the horizon, but obviously AEW is coming, right? But I digress. My point is this. I love stables. I love putting together stables. That's my favorite thing to do, you know? And for me, when you have a stable, like, like I'll use the Undisputed Era as an example. You have a superstar like Adam Cole. Okay, an undeniable superstar. And then you have unbelievable music. That's a key factor as well. And unbelievable catchphrases and unbelievable chemistry, right? You can put a Roderick Strong, who's great in the ring, maybe not so talented on the microphone. You can put a Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode, excuse me, Robert, what's Bobby Fish? You can put a Bobby Fish in a group like that. Awesome in the ring, maybe not so great on the microphone. And then a Kyle O'Reilly, who's excellent in both. You can put those guys in a group like that, 
because it's all there for you. It's in the package, right? Pause. However, when you do it the right way, it's it, it's just it's just instant stardom, instant stardom. So when you have a Bray Wyatt, as long as you don't have somebody that goes out there and just craps themselves, you're instantly made. You just don't have to screw it up. You just all you have to do is just not screw it up. Like I said, T Bar is a perfect example. Wouldn't be my first choice. But T-Bar is a perfect example. You give him that Bray Riot rub, and he's he's in the Intercontinental United States Championship picture immediately just because he's a Wyatt. Just because Corbin, who's been struggling, a Wyatt. Liv, nobody takes her seriously. People will take her seriously now. It's it right adds, there. It adds credibility to a lot of those people, like you said, too. Look at Bobby Fish. With all due respect, Bobby Fish showed up at the Impact show, and this will relate kind of to what we were talking about last week with Impact Wrestling. Bobby Fish went to that show, and do you know what happened to him? CM Punk chants broke out when he came out there because nobody wants to see Bobby Fish alone. They want the act of the Undisputed Era, and that's why I always felt like his butter, his bread is, excuse me, best buttered when he is with those guys. He should always be, this is going to sound terrible, but he should be riding their coattails all the way to the bank. That's how he's going to make the most money. And I'll say the same thing for Roderick. I think Roderick Strong's in the position they're going to have to find something different to do with him. Diamond mind ain't it, Chief. I'm sorry to tell you. Maybe he's a tag wrestler, but you need to find someone who has what he doesn't have and he has what they don't have. That's the key to a lot of it. Conrad, years ago, Billy Gunn talked about how he did not want DX to break up. He made that very clear. He was very upset about DX breaking up in 1999. He felt like they could go another couple of years. He, they were on fire at the time. Um, Billy Gunn was like, why are we breaking this thing up? You know why Billy Gunn felt that way? I'll tell you why Billy Gunn felt that way. Billy Gunn felt that way because he knew that that would be the height of his career and it was going away. He never reached the same heights with being the one Billy Gunn. He never even reached the heights with the New Age Outlaws once the New Age Outlaws were no longer in DX. It had to be, it had to be, he didn't reach those heights when he became King of the Ring. He knew where his, to use your phrase, his bread was buttered. And he knew that breaking up DX would be to his detriment as it relates to his career because he knew the power of being in that group. Now, you take the reverse of that. That's somebody being together and breaking up. Now, you take somebody who's struggling and put them in the Wyatt family, it's the absolute reverse. And you're instantly made, and all you have to do, like I said before, is just not screw it up. You are you are correct on that. And I think even when you look at tag teams, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, um, I'm trying to think of another yin and yang tag team. Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, currently your AEW World Tag Team Champions. Road Dog is not a great wrestler in the ring, and I'll be the first one to tell you that. And personally, I'm not a fan of Road Dog these days. Mm-hmm. I feel like he does stuff to go out of his way to bury people, but so do a lot of these other podcasters. Road Dog can talk on that mic, though. He's he's really good. He can he can he's got the gift of gab, we'll just say. Billy Gunn is a supreme athlete. Now, I didn't know this at the time. I guess on Bruce Pritchard's podcast, he revealed Billy Gunn has asthma. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever knew that. And that know. might be what has always hurt his single stardom 
if he has asthma. But in a tag match, you right. can tag out when you're when you're feeling a little heavy with the breathing, mm-hmm. and let Road Dog get beat up by the APA. You know, so you are a hundred percent correct when it comes to uh, that. Eric Douglas, thank you for uh, hopping in and joining us. Ace is saying Dominic Dijakovic is too busy competing on main event. I don't know. I don't know, man. There's a lot to it. And some of you guys are uh, coming in after the fact. I see Alex Johnson and Eric Douglas. We're going to talk about uh, more of that when we get to the next segment after the DX segment. So hold your thoughts. But Sean gave us a perfect transition point. And uh, transition tonight on Monday Night Raw. DX is back for the 25-year reunion. Um, I know that's not the best picture. That looks like if you're playing like WWE's video games, what they look like. Here's what they really look like. And uh, they're in the Barclay Center. They're they're tearing it up tonight. Season premiere of Raw. Do you want to do memories first, Sean, or do you want to do you want to kick off with like tonight? I'll talk about tonight, and I and I'm going to say something I never thought I would say. Um, you can't have but so many bites at the apple. There comes a point. There comes a point where it's like. Another DX. We had a DX reunion at Raw 1000. We had a DX reunion uh, for you know this and that and this you know SmackDown's 500 whatever episode and it, it's just like okay DX deal. It's like now it's like you know what I'm not excited about. I mean I like DX's music. I have the most profound respect for Triple H, Road Dog, and Xbox and Billy, who's not going to be there. I, it's been very, it's been documented multiple times that I think Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler of all time. But the DX reunion, uh, it's like, it's been done many times. It's like, all right, enough is enough. Yeah, listen, honestly, I'm kind of over it. I think because you've done it so many times. So many think, times. Think about DX as a whole. Started in 97. Shout out to the OG members, too, like that never get the respect. Rick Rude, China. I know that they're often not spoken about in the WWE terms of it today, but they are the OG members of DX. Sean and Hunter were pushing boundaries, and when they were doing it, I felt like they were doing something completely like they were making Vince mad, I think. And it seems like that's who they were. That's when it was most believable to me. Some people would say, like... Their favorite iteration of DX is this one, where I felt like at this point, this this act felt lesser than and more juvenile with their with their uh, their jokes, their their play, we'll say. But it felt different because you had just had a Sean Waltman coming over from WCW as Triple H in his promo. You got to go to your friends, your blood. The click, and then X Pac comes out, and that's who he is. Road Dog and Billy were natural fits; they were already over. And I think even if Sean had stayed, it was going to be Sean Hunter and the Outlaws, no matter what. And China is the perfect foil for when you needed some help in the match. China just fit that perfectly, and she was just she was raw. She was just right there for you, and she was able to help out and add some credibility to all of this. Um, when there are certain things, my brother, and you'll appreciate this. There are certain things in pro wrestling history where we look back and we say, what if? Or, what happened? Like, in 1989, at the Survivor Series, 
Why did Akeem get taken off of the Slicks, the, the Slicksters team? Why was he replaced by Bad News Brown? We'll never know. Um, who blew up Vince McMahon in his limo? We'll never know. What would have happened if Shawn Michaels had stayed healthy and he was around to bring in the New Age Outlaws like it looked like was going to happen anyway, and you had Triple H, HBK, <laughs> X-Pac, the Outlaws, and China. Oh, my God. It's a main that's a main event angle in my opinion. The DX was at an all-time like popularity height um during this time period. People wanted those shirts. John, let me ask you this. How many people do you know? I gotta put you on camera for this. How many people do you know that got kicked out of school, suspended detention for doing a crotch chop? Just do you think you could name it offhand? I can't. I, I know can, people I, who I, did. I can name somebody. I can name somebody, Sean Hubbard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got I got detention for for the crotch chop, and I know, and I had a lot of friends who did as well. It was it was all the rage, man, and it was awesome. I mean, it was just I, I mean, I remember the different incarnations. You had this one, like just just straight NWO style one, and then you had the DX one. It was amazing, and and once our teachers figured out what we were doing, it was instant instant detention and instant suspension. Man, and and. I'm just trying to think of some of my favorite like DX memories. Everybody knows a kid who got suspended for that, for uh, for doing that. And DX just they for over the years, man, they were the coolest thing. They were the coolest thing. Their feud with the nation, I absolutely loved it. Where Rocket Triple H were the mid card guys, but they were like, "No, nah, we're coming for the world titles." You just knew it was it was gonna happen, but it was just like, "Well, when? How quickly is this going to happen?" And they just were out there doing their thing. And uh, shout out to Tom Collihue joining us as well. I think he had a, he was just live uh, before us a little bit here. He mm -hmm. said, Sean China Triple H was the OG DX for me, even though the five grouping uh, was what I grew up with personally. I love it. Let's keep it going here with the chat. I hope they get a video from Billy mentioning China because they are a major part of the legacy. But I think they should stop the reunions. Uh, I still remember when DX did the Vince and Shane bit to this day. I still laugh at that. Oh, yeah, the stop it. <laughs> when he was like, I'm going to dance. Those were rough years for me uh, because Jack Tunney didn't want to see the black man. Oh, my God. Justice for Akeem the African. That's a good one. I like, <laughs> I like Only Rob. Well, only Rob coming in here to troll you. Credit for that one. Now, DX now, we talk about the good times with them, but I think the bad times started when you thought they were going to reunite in 02, and I'll admit, I definitely fell for it that night. I was like, yes, they're gonna, they're back, and we got that horrible pedigree that Sean took, but right. it didn't matter because it was the start of an angle to where Triple H and him would go on the feud for years, and then finally in 2006, we get them back, but they were like the old man version of DX. Sean was the old guy in the group who thought he was still cool, and they're interacting with crime time we get this version with horn swaggle they were out there trying to do their thing oh, i gotta disagree with you brother oh i gotta disagree what you 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 felt this version no, they were I, great wrestlers no. the what act to me was just like stop stop let me tell you let me let me let me disagree and agree at the same time you're 100 percent right in your assessment of 2006 7 dx but when we saw what we saw 10 years later 
in that, you know, whatever it was, 10, 11 years later when they faced uh, Undertaker and Kane in Saudi Arabia. That match never that, happened. <laughs> that that situation makes me look back at 06 and say, they were amazing. <laughs> you know so, what? When it comes to that match, I do have to say this, because Sean never gets his credit. Sean carried that match. Like, that could have been 10 times worse than it was if it wasn't for Sean. Yeah, no, Triple H got hurt. Sean was like, man, I got to do a moonsault to the floor, man. Y'all better catch me. Didn't catch him. <laughs> like It was just terrible. Sean tried to put on a show. I really want him to get another match in now just so that his moment is not tarnished. I would love to see like him and AJ Styles rip it up one time. But, but for me, but for me, to your point, I think it was amazing because <laughs> I'm a, no, I, I love Akeem. I love Akeem. Me too. Akeem the African Dream was an amazing character. I thought he was so it's, entertaining. It was one man gang. And well, maybe it was good too, but I'm telling you something, uh, and we'll go on to this on another episode. The Twin Towers should have been World Tag Team Champions, period. They were that good and they were that entertaining, and I love them. But anyway, back to the point. Um, DX was just funny in 06. They weren't, they weren't raunchy anymore because Sean couldn't go that route. And, it, and anybody who knows me knows that I appreciate the reason why he couldn't go that route because I'm a born again Christian as well. He just didn't want to, you know go against his religion. So he wasn't going to do like sexual innuendo type stuff. But they were funny. They were hilarious. They had some really funny moments. It was like DX 2.0 and it was good. Yeah, there, it had its moments during that time period. And when I say this, I guess Sean might know this more or Rob or people who know me personally when I talk wrestling. I had a struggle from like 05 to 07 with wrestling for a long time. That WrestleMania 24, like the storylines and a lot of that brought me back in and TNA at the same time. Like all that stuff brought me back into it a lot more. So when DX first reunited, I was just like, I'm not feeling this, man. And maybe it was because it was the John Cena show. I don't know. It, it's a mix of things, I feel like. I get it. And, and life was tough, you know, you're working. I was broke college kid, just at work all the time. And I'm like, man, this check doesn't even hold up, man. <laughs> like, I was just struggling. Or so maybe that's a good thing. the same age. I, I feel the same way. Right. Uh, and I do love that I just kicked Stan. Shout out to uh, Sean See, Spears. I just kicked Stan. <laughs> the, the paper throw on that was perfect. Shout perfect. out to, shout out to. Sean Stacy, uh, what did I say? The uh, Stan, uh, what's all my moving his name already? What's his name? Yeah. His name? Spears, Spears. Yeah, Spears. Okay. You were going, you were going with Stan the Man Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. good, you're good. Sean Stacy had some funny moments too. Uh, <laughs> Hornswoggle was robbed, he should be there tonight. Don't never say never, Mike. He might show up. One man gang, I like to see the one man gang and Akeem love in the chat. I love Akeem too, he was always good, man. Hornswoggle was like Ike in South Park. Come on now. I yeah, always just... have I always have a nugget for the fans of EPW Hub and Wrestling Weekly Clash of the Podcast, okay? Always a point of reference. Everybody who's listening, since I brought him up and since there seems to be a little bit of good feedback, Akeem the African Dream, go on the network, okay? Go to the six-man tag. Akeem, Bossman, and Andre versus Demolition and King Hacksaw Duggan and watch Akeem's entrance. It is the most Akeem entrance that Akeem has ever done. And I promise you it'll bring a smile to your faces. SummerSlam 89. Trust me, you will thank me. Right. Um, 
I see a lot of people throwing up some some love for DX. I love it. Uh, Mr. Pro Wrestling says DX are great. He loved them. Eric said, my favorite DX moments are when they invaded WCW in the words we can't say anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. when they showed up there. Even though Eric Bischoff likes to tell his stories and say, like, oh, well, I was in the ring cutting a promo. They were at the door in the morning. Stop the lies. I wish I, that would have been great for Hall and Nash if they could have got them over there and just interacted with them for a second and took some pictures. But they missed out on that promotion. Uh, DX tonight will be out there. We'll see what they end up doing with this. Hopefully they can turn this into something fun. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, this brings us to the the last segment of the evening for you guys. And we want to spend some time on this. It may go back into some of the Wyatt stuff here a little bit. But Sean came up with the idea for this one. And this is about what do the futures hold for uh, Liv Morgan and Seth Rollins? Now, you brought up Liv a little bit earlier. Do you want to start with Seth or Liv? I'll, I'll finish off with Liv and I'll go into Seth, with Seth a little bit deeper. Pause. Um, For me... Liv Morgan, this oh my that that's what I'm talking about. That's why you're the man, Conrad. Right? This picture completely, completely depicts exactly what I'm talking about. Liv Morgan clearly had an issue. Liv Morgan clearly went to a dark place during that match. And I it's a I mean, Bray Wyatt shows up and Liv Morgan turns into this gothic, you know, smiling when she gets tapped out person that you see in this picture. Liv Morgan has just made a career decision that is going to be tremendously fruitful for her career. Bray Wyatt will recruit Liv Morgan as Sister Abigail, and I'm telling you, it's going to lead to more championships and more success for Liv Morgan. This loss to Ronda was the best thing that ever could have happened to her. And keep in mind, she never tapped out. She passed out and she woke up a brand new woman. This is huge. Interesting. Interesting way to put it. Uh, <laughs> you guys are cracking me up in here. Uh, Live and Paige was the plans for Abigail to start with, uh, but they took bliss. And Sean mentioned it before. You could have used Paige in that role. If it wasn't going to get physical, why not? That could have been something that they took and rode all the way off with. But I think Liv fits it better. I don't know what it is about it. I, I don't know. I just feel like Liv fits that gimmick better than Alexa does, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, did you see their Twitters? Yeah, I found it weird that both of them did end up blacking out their Twitter, and I'm sure uh, that's something Sean can get into more so with this. Um, Matt Lopez has joined us. What up, Matt? Don't apologize for being late. Don't apologize, bro. Um, and then you have Seth Rollins, brother. And this is going to make you smile, my man, because you are finally going to get what you always wanted. Seth Rollins, no more laughing, no more ha-ha-ha-ha, no more shiny suits. I believe that Seth Rollins will now get serious. That's my prediction for Seth Rollins. It may not happen tonight. But I believe that there's a I I'll I'll go make a bold prediction that Seth Rollins will not be on Raw tonight. Now, if I'm wrong, we I might be wrong in the first segment. And if I'm wrong, hit me on my Twitter, hit me on my Instagram, say Sean, you were wrong. But I predict Seth Rollins will not be on Raw tonight. And I believe we will not see him until he comes back more serious, more focused, and more angry. Because he just lost a series of matches 
to this man, Riddle. And now he lost the pit, the pit fight against Riddle. And I'm telling you right here and now, Seth Rollins is a changed man. Liv Morgan, Seth Rollins, complete, complete career alterations after Extreme Rules. You heard it here first. Point blank period. And I'm telling you right now, I'm so fired up about it, I can't even. Live. The Liv Morgan thing makes me smile, and the Seth Rollins thing should make you smile. Because if I'm right, this is exactly what you wanted. It would be. I mean, listen, I think the RVD gear is cool that he's been wearing this stuff, paying homage, tributes, whatever it may be. But who is Seth Rollins? He's lost himself. And this is where I get lost in all of this. I'm like, who are you, Seth? What what are you what are you supposed to be? And he cut that heartfelt interview with Ariel Hawani. I checked out clips of it. I didn't see the whole thing, but he made me want to care about him. He he has a right to gripe. He has been the man. He's he's Mr. Monday Night Rollins, like the picture shows right here. This is the guy that I'm like, who is this guy? Because he is someone who should be on top of your brand and someone you could bring the best of out. Now, Sean, I don't know if you know this, but tonight he does have a U.S. title match. Oh, so, okay, I'm wrong already. So, and that was announced last week. Okay, so that's it, So I was wrong. It, I was wrong. It didn't make sense, though, for them to announce that before his match, and I'm like, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, Riddle still has to win this, in my opinion, but why is Seth getting this? And this makes me so wonder if they're going to... That nullifies my prediction, because I, I did forget that he had the U.S. title match. Um, I still stand stay true to what I said about a, a character change, and I did say that it may not happen tonight. But um, you're right, he will be on Raw tonight because he has the U.S. title match, so that's on me. But I still see a change in Seth Rollins' career moving forward, and I definitely think I'm right about the Liv Morgan change. I think that's going to definitely happen. I think the chat is in agreement with you for the most part on, like, let's have Liv Morgan do something. I think she may not be Sister Abigail per se, but I think she's going to be aligned with Bray in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's going to do wonders for her because she should have been in that spot from the beginning. Because Bray, if he's going on this revenge tour, I'm using quotes while I say that, for everybody who had wronged him on his way out, why not? get riddle who's randy orton's friend why not go after alexa bliss who cost you i was so confused by the end of that match i still to this day if i go back and watch it i remember just being disappointed and sad watching it with like everybody who was watching wrestlemania with me we were like wait a minute the stuff started coming down her face what was this supposed to be the fiend looked weak for a moment rko that's it the dude was never seen from again that's just a horrible way to go out and i just didn't like that but Maybe you could have Liv be the surrogate to, okay, I want Liv, I want you to take care of her. She betrayed me. You know what I mean? It's like that old-time storytelling I stuff. Think, I think you're 100% right. And I think I know exactly how they can do it. They can have Liv, Mor- Liv Morgan. They can have um, Alexa Bliss come out to embrace Bray Wyatt once Bray Wyatt's back in the fold. Oh, welcome back, welcome back. Something along those lines, much more gothic than that, but welcome back. And then Bray Wyatt can say, I'm sorry you betrayed me. You've been replaced. Mm, yeah, it, it's interesting. It, it's just like when you read uh, any of those old time books, man, uh, Hamlet and all those. It's just the basic storytelling of, oh, I know what you did. You think I forgot and you think right. they forgot. But nobody ever truly forgets, especially me, when you turned on me. People never forget that. And now it's time to right those wrongs. But I'm not going to do it. I've got someone else who's going to do it. Huh? Boom, that's when the attack could happen, and you, you're you off to the races, like you said. Yep. Because Liv Morgan was a, a Raw superstar, right? 
Liv Morgan was on Raw before she won the SmackDown title. Yeah, so that could be a great way to say, come back over here. All right, here's what we're going to do. Um, Eric Douglas said, this was my favorite version of Seth. I I am I I will admit I, I agree with that I I like the drip god he's the drip god I like him. It, it's it was a hard transition for me. Let's just say he went through too many character changes for me after all this stuff happened. I could roll with that, but let's get a chick that can look like she could kick someone's uh, a double dollar signs like uh, Shayna Baszler or Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. Oh yeah, who cares about Lacey Evans? Or or we can have Liv Morgan go deep and dark and surprise everyone by starting to kick everyone's tail that you thought she could never kick their tail. Right. And that helps tell the story with that those horrible baseball bat shots in their Extreme Rules match. I was just, like, shaking my head at him. That was hard to watch. Uh, Alex Johnson agrees with you. A character change for Liv Morgan would be beneficial for her. Uh, I totally agree. Demond says the RVD nod was dope. Of course, anyone who loved ECW from our era, and I think Seth's close in age to us, yes. you love Rob Van Dam. He won the uh, title uh, in the Burt Flickinger Center when I was just talking about my depressive college years. I went to that college, and that was the gymnasium we used for any athletic events. Oh, wow. Flickinger Center, so people don't know that. So when you see it, I always look in there and I always go, oh, yeah, the track's right there when you would run around in the school and stuff, and I'm oh. like, pretty fired. Yeah, so I always miss those ECW shows when they had them there. Uh, he has the United States Championship match tonight against uh, Lashley. Yes, uh, Seth Rollins' character is unclear, but at least he's given us a mission statement of what he wants, uh, the title, but keeps getting distracted. My fear is, though, the U.S. title's on the line tonight, and it just tells me you're trying to make that your most important title with Lashley and Rollins competing for it. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not going to completely throw away my theory about Seth not being on the show. Because what if Seth doesn't go for his title shot? I'm just I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like what if Seth's surprise and and I want to hear everybody give me some love. If Seth doesn't show up on Raw tonight for his title shot, everybody better holler at me. I'm telling you. Um let's see it's not Sister Abigail it's Abby the Witch now. Sister Abigail is dead. That is true. Sister Abigail uh that was WrestleMania 33. I went to that one too and I remember Randy Orton did burn down the house had to do with the little pose. Yeah, just, sister, just yeah, maybe, maybe dead, but you know, maybe she's not dead. Who knows? I don't care. I don't, all I all I want is Liv Morgan to get nasty, and I will be very happy. Um, let's see here. Rob comes in. I'd be perfectly fine with uh, if Liv went away for a while. She could take Bliss with her as well. Heart, mm. harsh take right there. And Alexis supposedly is still injured too. Uh, Nelson coming in, showing some love to uh, the White Rabbit and the Bray Wyatt stuff as well. Um, I appreciate it. We've, we've got a pretty jam-packed Raw uh, before we get out of here. Here's what we've got scheduled for the show tonight. Roman Reigns and the Bloodline are going to be there uh, for tonight's episode. We also have Bobby Lashley versus Seth freaking Rollins. Um, please drop that Triple H when you can. I know that that'll probably require a, a character change that we're hoping we see. Uh, we have Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory. That should be a uh, a banger of a match. And DX, 25 years of DX on the line tonight. So lots to look forward to. Um, let me see here. Demond says they have to make the U.S. title important now until Roman decides to come to Raw. Throws up his hands. And uh, Matt Lopez says, do they tease war games matches now? 
Do you, are you building the the build to War Games, or are you just focused on Crown Jewel? I think Crown Jewel has to come first, in my opinion, yeah, man. Crown Jewel has to come first, but there wouldn't be. I mean, they they teased Crown Jewel before we got to Extreme Rules, so they could throw a little bit of a teaser out there for War Games if they wanted to. And by the way, don't call it War Games, ML. We we, we got we got love for you, my brother. Don't call call it War Games. It's Survivor Series. It's still Survivor Series. That's right. <laughs> but I know I know what you meant, bro. I know what you meant. And, and you know what? We still need some good Survivor Series matches. Yeah. I see you in the chat, Ace. We the ones. We the ones. Um, but you know what? Before we get up on out of here, Sean, what do you got planned uh, for your side of things this week? Man, what are you working on? Let the people know. Oh, man, we got a big show with John Iceman Scully. For all my boxing fans out there, we're going to be doing a big preview episode of Hubbard Wrestling Week, Breakfast with Hubbard Wrestling Weekly on Saturday morning. Uh, we're going to have a big preview show of Deontay Wilder versus Hannes for uh, it's a WBC championship eliminator. The Bronze Bomber is back, and I'm very fired up about it. Make sure you check me out, Hubbard Wrestling Weekly on YouTube. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff on the way, and I'm really excited about it. Looks like uh, Joel is in agreement with you here. He came and said War Games was WCW, right. the fall spectacular. What up, Joel? Appreciate you uh, hopping in and giving your thoughts on things. Um, Alex wants to know when do you think when do y'all think the Wyatt Six will be revealed? I think before Survivor Series. I think I think it makes sense to have them assembled for to make a Survivor Series team. Yeah, and and I think you could do some uh, some good things with that. Even if they just debut there and not have a, an official team. I would love to see the old school. I think me and Sean talked about this before. I'd love to see like the old team names. There's a captain. Like, yo, we're about to beat you guys systematically one by one. We have the better team, the better plan. Here's what we're going to do. I would love to see some more of that stuff added. We have one team name already in place. Right. The Bloodline. Um, yeah, the Bloodline are going to, I think they're going to be one of the War Games matches, yeah. truthfully. Uh, Mike says the WWE needs the three-story cage. No. I, I don't know about that. I got bad memories of those. <laughs> Mike, we appreciate your opinion, but no thank you. None of that. Uh, what if Bray ran up on Austin Theory for his money in the bank? That could happen, too. You never know. They may switch that up because that was a Vince decision, not a... Yes, it was. Daddy's not gone. a HHH. Papa H is running things now. Uh, they're talking about, oh, here's a good thing we can get into, I guess, before we get out to Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson coming back to the WWE. Do you think it's true? I find it possible. Yeah. I just, Carl Anderson talked a lot of mess, bro. You talked a lot of mess and you're coming right back there. I don't know. I Listen, I told everybody on the AEW stuff. Did you know for the first show, Tony Khan wanted it, the the Elite win the match, Kenny Omega and the Bucks celebrate, AJ Styles and Anderson and Gallows were, should have, he wanted them to come out and attack them to lead to a bigger match later on. Oh, and no. they all signed WWE deals. AJ said, man, we should sign with WWE. Anderson and Gallows were like, I don't know, man. I don't know how things are looking. This is a lot of money. All right, let's sign with WWE. Well, those two ended up getting released. And then they went back and they were like, hey, Tony, you know, you still got that offer there, you know, player. And I, that's the moment I knew Tony is petty because he was like, nah, y'all have fun in Impact. But once we start working with Impact, we'll bring y'all in. And that was the only time they got to hang around. Yeah. When it was on Impact's dime. You know, I can't blame Tony Khan for that because you didn't take the offer. You didn't strike while the iron was hot. 
Yeah, you made a choice, and Tony's letting you know he's not playing around. So we'll see. It's probably the right move for them, but whatever. AJ back with them again. We've seen it. Hopefully they make it make sense. I'm sure they're going to end up feuding with uh, Finn Balor and uh, his crew. Uh, What's their name? Uh, Grape Street. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. There we go. (laughs) Grape Street. Oh, another hot take for you, just in all all the fans, just in case. Obviously, the Seth Rollins thing is a stretch. Seth Rollins not showing up for his U.S. title match. Make sure you show me some love if somehow Seth Rollins is not on the show. But also, Bray Wyatt, DX interruption. Could be. As Rob said, though, he thinks FTR is going to be looking for who's getting buried tonight with the pedigree, super kick, road dog, punches, and X-Factor combo. Probably a Bronco Buster from X-Pac. We'll just we'll keep it at that. I really want X-Pac to uh, to go out there, though. I want him to get a Rumble moment or something or have a match with, like, Sami Zayn. Let mm-hmm. X-Pac go. I think he can rip it up still. Oh, I'm not saying, like, permanent. Yo, did you see years ago when they had the King of Trios in Chikara? I know that's a promotion's name we're not supposed to say, but they used to do those trios, like the big trios tournament, who wins, blah, blah, blah. Did you ever see when X-Pac was in that and he came out as the one, two, three kid? He shaved his beard off. If you've never seen highlights of this, I you have to go find this. It's from like 2011, 2013 oh, wow. time period. He ripped it up, bro. Like it's the one, two, three kid. Like he was out there just doing the kicks, the everything. I thought that great. up. Oh, my God. He was great. Um, but, yes, Sean's got a lot of good stuff coming up. I want you guys to follow him. If you follow me, you better be following him. I'm not even joking. No games. Go show some support, man. Hubbard Wrestling Weekly. He talks all combat sports. He talks wrestling. Throw him some questions his way, whatever you guys want to do. Twitter's probably the best way to reach out to him. Uh, over here, if he ever wants to post stuff on everything pro wrestling, we're going to show him some love. Uh, I love the collaboration we're doing. I, we started this, which felt it feels like yesterday, and we're already six episodes in. Crazy, six episodes in, and we've got more. We're not stopping. We're gonna be back next week, Monday, at six oh five, to bring you guys all the latest and greatest when it comes to pro wrestling talk. Um, make sure you guys stick around, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend that likes pro wrestling. Yo, you should check out these guys. Clash of the Podcast every Monday, 6.05. Be here. For myself and my tag partner, Sean Hubbard, we are out for this week. 